Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. This podcast episode is sponsored by Shopify Queen, Sarah Gensel of Gensel & Co. Do you currently have a Shopify site selling products or services that aren't performing as well as you're hoping? Or do you have a product or service you'd love to sell, but you have no idea where to start? Well, my girl, Sarah Gensel, the Shopify queen, is a person to talk to. She is amazing and brilliant at branding and is currently helping me completely revamp my website on Shopify to showcase my new brand and selling my products. So if this sounds like something you've been looking for, please reach out to her on IG at Sarah Gensel, that's J-A-N-S-E-L. Leave her the code Sylvie, that's S-Y-L-V-I-E, and she will add you to her free Shopify Facebook group where she coaches weekly on Shopify strategies and has tons of content to help you in your Shopify journey to building your online business. So don't forget, DM her on Instagram at Sarah Gensel, J-A-N-S-E-L, and leave her the code Sylvie. She'll reach out and add you to her community. Thank you very much and have an amazing day and enjoy the episode. Well, hello, friends. So guess what? I um, deleted my race report. Um, Actually, I don't know where it went. It went somewhere from between my phone and my computer and it got lost in the abyss of the universe. So here you go. I really wanted to put this race report out because um, A, I had such an amazing experience at the Ride to Conquer Cancer. B, I was completely inspired by the people that I've met and Steve and Merker um, and the the whole organization um the the whole weekend like i've been on multi-day cycling events um like the rita lake tours and this uh that doesn't even compare to the experience that i had um from start to finish on this event like it was mind-blowing it was epic and people next year so if this episode inspires you to join or to try it out or to even take a look reach out to me because I really want to put I am going to put together a team within a corporate team for next year and if you want to be on this team you do not have to be in Ottawa you can be anywhere as long as you 
you want to show up and ride together. Um, you can also be a supporter, a donator uh, to be part of the team. You do not need to ride. There's multiple ways to ride. You can ride just one day. You can ride both days. You can do 100K each day. Um, so there's different ways to participate in the event. And from what I saw, like, and the Kai bikes, people were riding for 100K. You can do it. It's like any other like MS ride, there's multiple stops. So, you know, every 25 kilometers, you have a place to, to rest and uh, get food. Um, if you want to do something like the hammer, which is 159k, and that's what I did. Um, one less stop, but still, I think there's like five, maybe five stops in 150k. So totally doable if you want to take it at your leisure not recommended just get it done um, but the 100k for sure so here's how it all went down i interviewed steve merker for the ride to conquer cancer in january as part of a um, bike events segments so i did a bunch of uh, episodes around cycling events in january and it's episode 202, so go check it out. Be inspired just like I was. And so, but I was waiting for some of the COVID restrictions to lift, uh, won't lie. Um, and, um, and so I did not officially join and start fundraising until May. So, you know, that's only two months. That's not even two months um, to raise the money asked of. Uh, so you pay $150 to join. So that covers like a lot of the expenses. And then they ask you to raise, um, I think $2,500 is a minimum. You can do, you can go much higher, which gets you free products and things like that, which are motivating for some people. Um, so I don't actually know how much I raised because I'm still having an issue trying to get into my account. But I do want to commend and thank everyone who donated generously. When I did see the donations come in, um, I so appreciate you. And every one of those people are going to get my second um, edition of my cycling snacks downloadable. Uh, you can still donate. The link will be in the show notes. Um, I believe uh, donations are still open. Um, they don't necessarily close once the event's done because, you know, fundraising is fundraising. It never stops. And the one thing that I love about this event is that the money, all the money goes to the Princess Margaret um, Cancer Research Center in Toronto. So it stays on Canadian soil. And I just love that. They are the top five research centers in the world and they of course share all their research and one of the astonishing things that I found um, in the opening ceremonies um, one of the women and I'm going to get her name right now hold on her name is Miho Yamashita she is the president and CEO of Princess Margaret Cancer Research Foundation and um, so what she was saying is that, you know, there is a tsunami. I mean, tsunami is pretty big, right? A tsunami of cancer um, diagnosis that are coming. She says that two out of five people will be diagnosed with some sort of cancer. And there's a lot of cancers out there. So that it used to be one in five. Now it's two in five, which is really scary. So the thing is that 
that putting health on top of the list is paramount now. Um, and I can't, I mean, two and five, you decide where you want to fall. So anyways, back to the full experience. So I left um, Ottawa on Thursday. I always love to take my time, de-stress and relax before an event like this. So drove four hours. I had a bunch of stops beforehand. I landed in Toronto around 8.30 at my girlfriend's place and she was amazingly right on Dufferin, which was right up from Expedition Center um, where everything happened on all the start and the finish. And so that was really super convenient. And on Friday and Thursday night, I got the sleep of my, of the decade, nine and a half hours. I was, I woke up at 9.30 and that was just the, the rest that I needed to really set the tone for the weekend. Because we all know that Friday night before an event is a gong show and nothing ever, like you never get to bed early. It's not a good sleep and all that. So Thursday night is always the sleep that you have to get in. Um, all right, so Friday rolls around and they have organized where you go and you drop off your bike, you pick up your race kit and you just check in. So that's what we did um, at two o'clock on Friday. We dropped my bike off. And the thing is that you drop off your bike and they take care of watching your bike and then Saturday morning, you just show up with your luggage, you pack your luggage, and everything is taken care of. <coughs> the luggage arrives in Hamilton, you go pick it up. Now, when I arrive, I was able to find Steve and get a big hug and take a picture. And I also got to sign up, I got a, a jersey, which I guess meant that I hit one of my, um, my uh, fundraising goals. So thank you again. Um, and we just picked up some swag and then we walked back. So de-stressed, then we went shopping, more de-stressing and, um, had supper and it was a crappy sleep. <laughs> so there you go. I knew that was going to happen. Um, and so Saturday morning woke up, had my super food, nutritious breakfast. Um, I always eat a ton, but here's the thing. There was breakfast provided, coffee provided, everything was provided in the morning. So you didn't even have to eat. You could go and fill up. And But one of the things that I don't do on race events is try different food. I don't know about you, but it's not one of those things that I engage in um, ever because, um, you know, you just don't know what um, is going to upset your stomach. And that's not something that I want to experience on 159 K ride, if you know what I mean. So we got there, dropped off, um, my bag and they had all these trucks and you got a little, uh, dot on your wristband, which correlated with the, the truck, which correlated to the row of luggage that I was going to pick up where I find my bag at the other end. And then we went and uh, picked up some more swag, took some pictures, and the opening ceremony was at 8, and then we started at 8.30, and it was amazing. Um, the whole thing, like they had people coming in from St. Um, Princess Market who were cancer survivors, uh, they set us all off, and when we left, we basically... Um, 
followed the cones out of town. There was police at every intersection, so we didn't have to stop. It was really, really well done. Like, guys, like, if you're going to go to an event, I mean, like, a charity event, this is the one you want to go to. And like I said, sign up for my team. Um, so, on the course, really well marked. I had it on my Garmin. And um, so everybody goes out. So the 100Kers and 150K. And at one point, the 159K, so the hammer route, takes a right. And we head up uh, north into Toronto, like into the outskirts, um, which was super beautiful. What I really like about um, the event is that there were not any really long stretches. And I always say, like, when you turn the corner, there's short stretches. There's always something new to look at. So it wasn't, like, long and overbearing, long roads um, to follow. They had multiple stops. They had a lunch stop where you got a box lunch to eat with, like, sandwiches and chocolates. And then you could get, like, uh, iced coffee. And it was really good. And then, then we finished all together. So... The Hammer route merged with the 100K route and they came into Hamilton. So let's just go back to being on the Hammer route. So I went on the Hammer route because uh, this following weekend or next weekend, I am going back to Michigan for a 180 kilometer gravel race. So I need to know what my body was going to feel like doing 159K. So not too long from 180, right? And also what I wanted to do was be pushed. So getting into a faster group, uh, getting completely out of my comfort level, which is one of the things that I wanted to do and I achieved it. So uh, I was, <laughs> there's some really fast people out there and uh, it was it was good that I did that. So there, I ended up riding this with this one guy, Dan. Dan, shout out to you um, from TD. So remember, lots of corporate groups. So I was riding with Scotiabank guys and this other team, Team uh, Aaron. Wow, fast. Um, so I got my money's worth for sure. And um, it, it just couldn't keep up. But the thing is that, you know, Dan and I, and there's a gentleman named Jonathan who we rode with for a little bit. Uh, we finished it, finished it strong in a little over six hours. And um, so arriving into Hamilton, everybody's merging together. So the 100Ks, everybody's like coming in together and it starts raining. <laughs> really cold raindrops, by the way. Um, and when we got in, it stopped, thankfully. We went and racked our bikes. Then we went to the Rose, got our bags. I was expecting to, I booked in to stay at the tent city. So tents. Um, I got, I met a really nice woman, Yumi, who invited me to the BMO tent. So the corporate tent. Um, so I, I beelined right there. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go find her. I know she did the 100K ride. And sure enough, there she was. And so I hung out in the BMO, so Bank of America, uh, Bank of Montreal tent and um, got some food, got some free booze and, um, and a neck massage. And then I further met other um, gentlemen who were there. So not necessarily working for BMO, but clients of BMO. Um, so, you know, making some contacts, which is another reason why 
I was out there uh, to make contacts. Now, remember, I'm supposed to be staying in a tent. So in that time, a couple of the other gentlemen decided they were going to ride back. And this happens all the time, by the way. Um, and they had booked in at the dorms, right? We're at McMaster University. So they booked in the dorms. They have to give up their room. I got a free dorm room. Score <laughs> was really nice. So being able to sleep in a bed that night was pretty sweet. And so, so long story, like the whole village, I like to say, like you had way at the end was a tent city. Then you had all the corporate, um, look at my, go to the YouTube channel. I have all my pictures that I use for this video. So you had like the corporate tent, which were on either side of the walkway. There was showers, there was bathrooms, there was like the big entertainment tent where you could eat. There was like the food tent, the coffee tent, the beer tent, um, a massage tent, uh, yoga tent. Um, so like it was epic. It was like five star and I'm not even kidding. Like if you're entertaining corporate companies and corporate groups, it has to be five star and like from start to finish. So had an amazing chicken meal and more alcohol, which is free by the way. Um, and hung out with my new friends, Kevin and CJ and, um, met up and Yumi, uh, and guys, there were two pro cyclists who were there, um, George Hincapie and Bobby Urich. So who do you think I ended up bumping into at the end of the evening? <gasps> you guessed it. Check out the pictures. Bumped into both of them. Uh, like, you know, there's thousands of people there. So you don't know if you're ever going to see them or truly what they look like in real person until I was standing there. Um, at the Royal Bank tent and they were playing some, I don't know, beer game. And I, this guy passed me and just looked up. I'm like, oh my God, is that George Hincapie? I'm like, okay, Sylvie, you're either going to ask or you're going to sit there and not ask and wonder forever. So I went over, I was like, are you George? Cause he had a full beard, right? And it was, I got some pictures and I actually walked with them all the way to their dorm, which was way the hell across campus. Um, and I got to talk to Bobby the whole time. He was super sweet. And he has a podcast, Bobby and Yans. So go check that out. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was my evening. I went back to my dorm and uh, Sunday morning, like they said, you know, the first riders are leaving at six. So I figured, like, I thought, well, everybody's going to ride at six, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Nobody does that. Um, and I always travel with my food, always, always, always. So I had my own breakfast. I made up my own food pouch for the day for riding back. And I was down there by, you know, a little after six, uh, getting my bike, packing up my bag and getting ready. So I was like, oh, I see like 99% of the people are still in bed. <laughs> and um, I think uh, you can stay there and choose to be bused back if you want, back to Toronto or back to Ham um, Niagara. But um, so I stood around, I ended up bumping into Dan and um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave. 
because there's no point in me standing around and waiting longer and longer. It was supposed to rain. So I just left by myself. Um, I did get a quick coffee though. And on, and I knew that I was going to meet up with someone or somebody's going to, you know, I was going to end up riding with someone, but it was really good to leave because we took bike paths out. And if you're in a big group, it would have been tight. And the later you wait, the more people are going to be out there drinking coffee, walking their dogs, walking their kids, all that stuff. So I was, I was grateful that I got out when I did. Um, so it was very few people riding and, um, I did end up, uh, jumping on a couple, uh, trains of fast groups and th these bike stops on the hundred K was nothing like the hammer. They had just a little bit more food and I bumped into Dan and we're like, wow, just a little different, right? <laughs> Cause you got hundreds of people on the regular route and like just 150 on the hammer route. So of course you're not going to be putting out lots of food. I get it. Um, so I ended up riding with three guys from Scotiabank and, um, for the majority of the ride, they're pretty strong young lads <laughs> compared to me. And, um, we basically like, okay. So the, one of the first stops was the lunch stop, which ended up being at eight 30 in the morning. I'm like, I'm not even close to being hungry. Um, so I continued on and, uh, finished around, uh, what time did I finished? Probably around 11 finished at night in Niagara Falls. So right beside the falls, amazing finish. Um, and basically guys, when you finish, you stop and they hand over your bike, they load it in a truck. Once the truck is full, the truck leaves to Toronto. And then you go get your bag, change out your shoes, go get something to eat. There's burgers and beer and, um, salads and you can get your picture taken, all these things. So, and I went out and I, you know, met some more people, thanked the riders that I was with. And, um, then I went back, got my bag, changed out. You could have taken a shower, but they were occupied by men anyways. Um, so I just sort of wiped down and got on a stage coach for like a Greyhound coach for an hour ride back to Toronto to Expedition Center and literally landed there, bikes already ready, racked, and you just, and I was able to, <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I could do this, but I, I was able to bike home with my backpack, but, um, cause I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to walk. And my friend was kind of, she's like, ah, you know, if you can get here, that'd be great. So you don't have to, um, she didn't have to drive. Uh, so I just biked back and like, it was, it, like, I can't say enough, but listen to the rest of this because I talk about, um, so I landed in, in Toronto back around two o'clock and I left at three 30 to drive back home four hours. I had to make a detour in Elmer or no, sorry, arm prior to pick up my gravel bike, which was being maintenanced. Um, cause I just bought it and the, uh, the shop is there. So I got home around 10 people. 
I had no problem driving, but I was exhausted. And I'm going to, you know, I was just, it's Thursday now I'm doing this recording and I'm telling you, um, the, the aging athlete is such a big topic because I don't think we realize that, or I've realized now, like I've literally, it's been a couple of years I've been realizing, but the thing is that have you accepted it is that fact that as we get older, we need to train differently. It doesn't mean that we stop doing what we're doing, but it means that we need to do it a little differently. And I encourage you to go and check out the three-part series with Joe Friel that I recorded on The Aging Athlete. And it's based on his book, Fast After 50, which I picked up, picked up when I was 50, which everybody should pick up about five years before you turn 50, because that's when all the changes start. And um, so I just, like, Monday... I turned off my alarm because usually I wake up every morning on the weekday at five and I'm like, I am not doing that. I'm going to wake up at six when, you know, when everybody gets up for school and I was like exhausted, like exhausted, tired, fatigued, my legs, like the hurt that was starting to happen in my quads. Um, I felt like a snail. Like I had to do a workout and I was so slow in talking. Like I was like a zombie. Um, and it came in that, that was kind of like the realization. So remember when I was saying at the beginning that I was using that as a test to see how my body was going to react to that amount of volume in one weekend and that intensity. So remember that that's my whole reasoning one of my reasons why I did the event that last weekend and I have a second event which is the bigger event if I could say is more like the A event coming up next week which is the 180k gravel race so we all know gravel is slower than mount than road cycling so I just needed to know how my body is going to react so it's going to be interesting to see how my body reacts after one full day of, you know, eight to 10 hours on the bike over a multi-day 270 kilometer ride. Right. So, so that's why I did it. And based on the way I feel, and I'm going to have to drive home all day Sunday. So it's another like sitting in the car. Um, and no, I'm not going to wait. I hate waiting. I just want to get home, sleep in my bed, see my kids, see my husband, just get home. Um, so that's how I like to run it. So, and back to how I feel. So it's accepting the fact that I can't just keep going back to back all the time. Like I'm not 30, I'm not 40. And I know how I you know, I, how I trained and I raced when I was in my forties, I'm 50 and it requires a little bit more time. But here's the thing that we need to realize this little bit more time is going to help me get better because I'm allowing myself to recover 
longer, which is going to help me in the long run. So I did go for a mountain bike ride Monday night with the kids as part of the mountain bike group. Um, I was so tired and fatigued. However, I didn't want to pass up cycling or mountain biking in this particular area um, is La Rose Park. And I've heard so many great things about it. And it was rolly. It wasn't technical and hard like the Gatineau Park. Like, There's no rocks over there. Okay, let's just say it's all like flowy, sandy based. And it was really nice to bike on, needless to say. But, you know, tired tired, fatigued, um, not, not, um, you know, uh, dead tired, but just fatigued. I need rest and rest is what's going to bring on recovery and rejuvenation. And like, it's going to help me become stronger. I know that. So I have to respect that and honor it. But, you know, and so the, as the week goes on, you know, it's, it's all about sleep. It's all about eating and it's just, um, repairing, respecting that fatigue feeling. Um, now it's Thursday. I got on my rollers this morning, felt good. Um, and I'm looking forward to a, um, you know, longer ride on Saturday and, maybe a short one on Sunday and then preparing for the next event. Um, so let's just hope that my mindset and my strategy is going to pay off because it's a smaller picture to a bigger picture. So this 130, 180 kilometer race is going to give me a benchmark for time because my bigger one is the eight hours Hurton and Halliburton. So last year I went there, no training, uh, got my uh, gravel bike last minute. Uh, it was a heavy one. I did five laps and the winners did seven. So I'm looking to increase by one at least, maybe two, who knows. But now that I put in more time and I have a proper gravel bike, and I've been training a little bit more specifically, that's the one that I really want to go hard on. And, you know, I'm not going to say anything more about it because I hate sabotaging myself. Um, but that's the one. That's the one I want to kick butt at. And too bad they didn't have age categories because all us women are all lumped together. You know, me racing with the little youngins, the 20-year-olds, but who cares? Um, so yeah, so that's it. Um, you know, respect your body and if it feels tired, give it the time it needs. Like I was riding with this gentleman, amazing guy. He must be about 65. I can't even imagine how he feels today. <laughs> you know, kudos to you, Jonathan. Um, and, uh, so that's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, it was really amazing. And if this inspired you to join or look into the Ride to Conquer Cancer, no matter where you are, um, join my team. Reach out to me and say, hey, I would like to join next year. What we'll do is 
um, I'll offer up some training suggestions to help you get ready now. Because now is important. What you do now this summer is going to help you. You're going to train a little bit, you know, you're trained through the winter. And so you can look at those distances and go, yeah, I'm ready for this. I'm okay with this. Um, and that's just kind of how I look at these distances now. It wasn't always that way. You know, 100K was like, oh my God, 100K. Okay, I got to like uh, um, plan my, my year around this ride. And But when you start going out there and doing it and then making it a regular thing, like a monthly thing, not like a weekly thing, um, it becomes easier, right? It's like, oh, 100K, whatever let's go. Um, but the thing is, it's working yourself up to that, right? My 100k might be your 50k or 30k, but that's where you start. And then once you get really comfortable there, you can go further and further until you hit half a century ride. And then you're like, show me more events that I can do. Um, all right. So with that, I'll cut this off. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Secret Swim Style Podcast. You can follow me on Strava. Um, and uh, also on YouTube, please. I hope you check this out because I added all the, the pictures from the weekend. And um, if you're over 50 and have, you know, modified your training and you're a woman, I would love to hear from you because I think this is a really important topic for us women who are over 50 um, and training for events like this because I don't know about you, but totally inspired, um, unbound, Leadville, like hello. These ones we are all watching on Instagram and, um, and just seeing how amazing those events are. Don't we all want to try something like that? That's epic. But uh, working our way up, right? And it takes sometimes years to train to be ready. And you have to respect that and honor it and plan for it. So have an amazing weekend. Take care. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think, and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.